The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is sponsored by Bove Shield Plunge, the new antimicrobial cattle dip from Mitchell's. If it's not Mitchell's, get back in the truck. We've recently been forced by Kentucky state authorities to reveal Bove Shield's secret ingredient. It kind of ruins the magic, but here you go. It's bleach. For 10% off your next delivery, use the code BLEACHMYLIFE. Hello, and welcome to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast, the number one podcast for those involved, or just interested, in the production of beef animals and dairy herds. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is the podcast companion to the Beef and Dairy Network website and printed magazine, brought to you by Bovshield Plunge. This episode comes with a content warning, as this month we will be discussing something that goes by many names, the dark meat, the cursed muscle, the mad parson's lunch, Kiwi Hate Flesh, Grandad's Little Secret, Beelzebub's Revenge, The Haunted Sheep Meat. But most simply know it by the name Lamb. The big news this month is the publication of this year's UK Meat Attitude Survey, the annual survey which gives the industry an insight into contemporary trends around meat. A look at this year's findings reveals some very concerning trends, not least figures that show that lamb consumption is up across the board, with a marked increase in consumption amongst wealthy young professionals. One researcher attended a so-called Bo Peep party in a well-to-do North London suburb to find bankers, lawyers, accountants, IT contractors, advertising executives, stuffed shirts, corporate pen pushers, Apple Store geniuses, TV weathermen and members of the European Parliament writhing around on a tarpaulin covered in glistening lamb fat, their eyes glazed, their breathing heavy and erratic, as a travelling printer ink salesman from Swindon, wearing only a horned headdress and a fleece waistcoat, pissed mint sauce onto them through a ceramic ram's penis. While these scenes of depravity may be rare, the trend is real and growing. To find out more, earlier this week I spoke to Megan Paul Booth, a lawyer who has recently begun to eat lamb, Anna Sharma, a former corporate events planner who has recently kicked her lamb habit, thanks to help from my third guest, Dr Sam Archer, the TV doctor best known for his appearances on BBC Two's The Doctor's Bag and Channel 5's 24 Hours to Save My Genitals. I started by asking Dr Sam about the change in the kind of people who are eating lamb. Traditionally, the stereotype is the hooded youth in the bus stop. Yes. Yeah. Um, or, you know, uh, older people who are going through kind of emotional turmoil, mm-hmm. uh, divorce, trauma, tragedy. But it seems like the numbers are not bearing that out. No, what we're seeing is a massive shift in the trends towards the consumption of lamb, specifically people who just just need that that mint mint fix. I know people who do anything for it. You know, I've seen people go as far as to to grow their own mint or even try and steal from the kitchen of a Pizza Express. Are you seeing a, a, a shift in the kind of people that are coming into your surgery reporting that they need help? Yeah. So it used to be, like you say, it used to be the, the, the hooded teenager. It used to be someone who sort of thought they could handle lamb. And more and more, I'm seeing people arrive in Lamborghinis, double park them, stroll in, throw a mink coat over my chair and just say, I'm lambed up, sort me out. And then just throw wads of cash at me, which I appreciate, but I, you know, I can't accept. Well, let's put let's put that to Megan. Megan, poor Booth, thank you for coming in. No problem. Now you are an example of of someone who is is well off. You maybe you could tell us a bit about your circumstances. Uh, sure. I mean, I think I'm comfortable saying I'm well off. I'm not going to tell you how much I earn. 
Um, I'm a corporate lawyer and um, sometime Pilates instructor. And I do sometimes and without shame eat lamb on occasion. Tell me about the first time you tried lamb and how this has become part of your lifestyle. Sure. Um, So I was at a dinner party with um, a group of friends. And then after dinner, you know, we were just having some coffee and a couple of them said, I've got a bit of lamb in the kitchen. So yeah, they brought out uh, lamb chops on a plate, heated up. um, And we just had one each, you know. And I mean, it was, look, I know you're not supposed to say this, but it was a fantastic night. It was a fantastic night. It's pretty hard for me to to listen to that. People judge. People do want to judge, and I can understand that. But actually, it made th- that night. It was for recreation. It made the party last longer. Um, it made the conversation flow really well. And frankly, it tasted great. Now I'm just going to bring in Anna. Anna Sharma, thank you for coming in. Now lis- listening to that f- from Megan, someone who's unashamed in her use of lamb, she thinks it's something that just helps the party last longer. To, to quote her. What would you say to Megan? Um, I say just, you know, watch out at this point because the thing is, um, as I, I never thought I would eat lamb ever. But, you know, one night, one of my friends, she invited me out and we kind of at this like party kind of thing. And, you know, everyone was going into the toilets and, and eating a little bit of lamb. And I just kind of, I just had it once and it, it really, really damaged my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I mean, I'm recovering, but I'm not the same and I'm not ever going to be like I was. I was just like an events manager. I used to plan events like Christmas parties and stuff for the national grid, you know, and um, um, I've actually not been able to return to my job. Because your job found out about what you were doing? and um... Yeah, they found out in the worst possible way. Um, uh, yeah. Can you... Can you expand on that? Ugh, yeah. I they just found me kind of sleeping in the shower that is there in the office for like when cyclists, the like people who cycle to work, sometimes they take a shower. And um, my boss is like one of these cycling guys, and he saw me just in the shower with like, and this is I was only I was actually on mint chocolate chip ice cream at this point. I wasn't even like it wasn't this mint sauce. I. I was kind of using substitutes trying to get but just a tub of ice cream on the floor of the shower. I'm in pyjamas as well. I don't I don't know why I was at work. It was just really bad and I got fired. Thank you. You spoke very eloquently and very bravely there. Um, and thank you for that. Because I, I, I sort of, I, I was first actually, we, we met, uh, met Anna about sort of three years ago when she organised the, the rap party for Nipple SOS, which was a TV show I was working on at the time that was really, really good. Um, that, it was great, by the way. Thank you so much. And, you know, what I've seen is that this, this incredible person with a bright, bright future has now just, uh, thanks to Mint being in your life, is now... You're doing very well. I'm very proud of you, but Thanks. obviously things could could be better. And so I'd say, look, we all think we can handle mint, but the reality is that very few people can. Are you eating mint, Megan? Yeah, sure. Um, look, um, I've got a I've got a, a busy life. Um, do you have kids? Yeah, I do. I have a kid. Yeah, Sholto. Sholto. My son is called Sholto. 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 That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So when. After my father. Does Sholto ever see you eating lamb? Do you ever feed Sholto lamb, God forbid? Oh my God, no, I wouldn't do that. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, 
I'm not saying it's for children. I, I think that children shouldn't have lamb, certainly not mint sauce. Obviously, I'm, I'm not a monster, but I, I do think that if you're a responsible adult, then, you know, you're free to make your own choices. No, Sholto, I mean, actually, Sholto's uh, vegan by his own choice. But um, no, I wouldn't give that to him. OK, I'm going to play you a, a clip now. We've, we've heard Anna's story and it, it really was heartrending, Anna. But there is someone else that uh, we've been in contact with. We, we made a, a lamb special uh, over a year ago and spoke to a man called Barry Gore. Now, Barry was a, a successful restaurateur um, with his restaurant Beefies. He unfortunately got into marital trouble with his wife when she cheated on him with a number of firemen. And he turned to lamb. Now, we've caught up with him in the last few weeks. And um, I would just like to play you some of what we recorded with him because I want to get your reactions. Last time I spoke to you, um, I was living in a caravanette in a car park and my circumstances have changed since then. I'm no longer living in a caravanette. Uh, I'm now living in a tent. Um, Somebody came one night, I was in lying in bed. Somebody came up and they they let the air out of my tyre. And I'm not going to lie, it it was quite um, a dangerous thing to do because the caravanette tipped over at the back. I got up, I leapt to my feet and I, I ran to the door and I said, Oi, I said, don't do that sort of thing to my caravanette. Have you no respect for another person's property? And of course they didn't. But um, in doing so, uh, my weight made the caravanette tip over even more. And also the butane gas, which was on, it set fire to the whole caravanette. So now I'm living in a tent. I say tent, it's more like plastic sheeting over uh, a few branches there. And there are a few um, tears in the plastic. I sit there in my tent and uh, I'm quite happy. Yeah, all right, I don't have many people to talk to. And I do get a bit of bother from local kids because they seem to think that it's quite interesting to poke me with a stick when I'm trying to sleep. And sometimes it wasn't even a stick, it was a piece of metal. I don't know where they'd found that from. Maybe it was the twisted remains of the caravanette that was still charred um, in, the, in the corner of the car park. And that is quite disconcerting, I have to say. And I, I opened the flaps I open the flaps up and and I start shouting at them. And I can hear them saying, it's a ghost, it's a ghost. I'm not a ghost. I'm a real human being. Megan, do you think Barry's a ghost? He doesn't sound like a ghost. I think it sounds really hard what he's going through. I would I would hate to reach that point. That's, that's actually really, it's really quite heartbreaking. Anna, you, of course, ended up living in a tent yourself on the edge yeah. of a car park. Um, yeah, it was, it wasn't a, it wasn't a bad tent to it. It was one of those ones that just you just throw it and it, you know, a makes pop up. it pop up. Yeah, that's the word. And I didn't get many stick attacks or anything, but I did have this one woman who would just come round every day, and um, she'd bring me these um, like local papers, but from like the eighties. I mean. It was nice, but it kind of, I didn't have that much space in my tent. So ultimately I, I'd kind of leave them outside and then she got angry because she said, well, I'm giving you these presents and you're just not looking after my stuff. And then they'd get all wet and the ink would run. It's a, it's a horrible situation to be in, I, I would imagine. Mm, yeah. It was um, bad. Were you able to do the crosswords or were the references in the, the clues? I just didn't too? know who any of those people were. Exactly. Yeah, because I wasn't born, um, so... That's horrible. Yeah. So Anna, when when did you know that it was time to to go and seek medical help and, and see Doctor Archer? I was I was in the laundrette one day um, because I still you know had some 
sense of self-care. There was TV on in the laundrette and they were showing, and it was a daytime, so obviously Dr. Sam is on a lot in the daytime. And yeah, I, I really was enamoured by his, 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 his very warm and gently philosophical personality. And, and I thought, he's helping so many people with their genitals at this point. And I just thought, if he can do that, maybe he's the one I need to reach out to because I was desperate at this point. Like I was I was taking other people's clothes from the laundrette and they didn't even fit. What kind of styles are we talking? Um a lot of Hawaiian shirts to be honest. But like it did they didn't look bad, but it just wasn't it wasn't gonna help me get a job at this point. Yeah. No, and d- you probably didn't have the wacky personality to go with those uh, the, shirts. I, no, I don't have a wacky personality at all, and that's and that's something I've had to come to terms with. And that's quite confusing for someone. You know, I personally have, have spoken to people in the past with a Hawaiian shirt on mm. when they don't have that wacky personality. Yeah. It's a bit weird, isn't it? It's a bit of a. It's a bit of a um, cognitive dissonance. That's that a, that's exactly. Yeah. And you st- mm. I started disassociating from myself, so I could. Oh. I was like, I was looking down on myself in the third person, like a computer game. Did yes. That, yeah. Well. Yeah, people would just openly say that as well. They say, you, your personality doesn't match your shirt and I'm feeling very, uh, you know. You know what, I never thought I'd say this, but this is really ringing true for me because actually a couple of weeks ago I got up for work and I didn't know what I was doing. But when I arrived in work, people were looking at me in quite a strange way. And what had I worn to work? I'd worn some denim dungarees. <sighs> as if I was like a casual person, Mm. you know, and people were treating me differently. They were looking at me, you know, as if um, I was quite a chilled out person. And like you say, I have not got that personality to match at all. I have absolutely zero chill. So making decisions that don't match your personality Mm. is very familiar to me. Mm. Could you remember buying those dungarees? I think I must have bought them on a previous lamb meal, I think, to be honest with you, I can hardly remember buying them, but I found them in the recesses of my wardrobe. And I must have thought it was a good idea at the time. But by the time I got to work, I was like, this is going to ruin your career. It very nearly did. I very nearly lost an account. And Megan, I I don't want to shock you, but I have to point out you're wearing them now. Oh, my God. Oh, Christ. Oh, Jesus. I I wish you told me earlier. I think they're nice. (sighs) Thank you. But it's so not. It's not okay. It's not a sign that I'm okay and I apologise to all of you. I mean, it's blue denim as well. It's not even pretending to be smart. Yeah. You look like you're from a kind of cheap rodeo show at a, a theme park. rodeo show from the 70s, yeah. Yeah. God. I, mean, I think this is probably a good time then, Dr. Archer, to talk yeah. about treatment. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, um, you have uh, treated Anna and you are now, you would say, recovered? Are you always yeah. uh, you know, in it's recovery? A, it's a... It's a uh, the process, process yeah. yeah. But said. traditionally, of course, the, the the orthodoxy was that there wasn't really no cure for this. But, you know, when I spoke to you about a year ago, mm-hmm. you seem to be of this opinion, but things have changed since then. Can you tell me what's happened there? Yeah, well, actually, and I have to, th- I have to thank Anna for this as well. You know, she, she came up to me and she said, I was at my wit's end, and that was when she switched on the TV, saw me in an episode of Embarrassing Balls, and said, I need to contact this guy. I need to see if he can get me through this. There's a few different therapies that we tried out first of all. There's a total immersion therapy where, where I think we you were sleeping in fleeces. It was so hot. 
yeah. really was, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like mid-July. Yeah. And, um, you, and you were just coming up with these yourself. This is not something that someone else has, has come up with. This is your own therapy. Yes. So, And to be honest, I don't really have any experience with therapy. So I was really just trying anything. Um, do you remember that week where we flew you out to New Zealand and uh, and I got you to just shout abuse at all of the lambs? Yeah. It's like, you stupid, very little, stupid little bitch. And then I had to do it in a, in a New Zealand accent because... Yeah. They didn't understand. No, uh, and and I, I think that we were close to working on that one. So obviously this was taking an, an, a number of months. Mm. Uh, when did you finally have that breakthrough? So I'd say it was probably sort of day 200, yeah. um, roughly, that we, we really hit upon something that was working, which was this, it's this therapy, it's, um, it involves electric probes and it's just about really jolting so you get a negative association to lamb you just get this horrible awful sensation whenever you even think about lamb and where that stemmed from is of course that uh, that in New Zealand a lot of the lambs are actually kept within fields with electric fences and what we'd find out is that some if a, if a lamb were to brush up against that it would start to hate itself after a while it would sort mm-hmm. of electrocute itself and what will happen is it's this phenomena where a, a lamb will electrocute itself lots of times because it, it dislikes itself so much and what will happen then is that that lamb will actually start to sort of spoil its own meat it's a particular type of very cheap meat called zap lamb and yeah that's that's a low quality it's very very chewy and we thought well clearly there's something in the electric which is making people dislike lamb if a lamb is willing to dislike itself and so that's what we started harnessing wasn't yeah, it and obviously yeah. not not you know huge um you know huge amounts of electricity but um but enough enough and to burn my hair yes um, but it's fine now, you know, it's, it's just a part of the process. And yeah. of course, you, you knew, you know, having connections at the National Grid meant that we were able to make this... Source a lot of electricity quite easily. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it all worked out really nicely in the end. I've had, I've had some zap lamb, actually. Really? Yeah. Um, I didn't realise that was the process. Mm. I had some at Coachella and I must say it was really, really cheap um, and it was not good. You know, it gave you a bit of a hit, mm-hmm. but oh my God, I mean, it tasted terrible. I had to chew it for upwards of half an hour per bite. So yeah, I mean, that is terrible stuff. Although you telling us there that you've been to Coachella mm. is maybe joining the dots as to where you've got those dungarees from. Mm. Oh my God, I think you're right. They yeah. do sell dongarees there. They do. And do you know what? They had a little fringe on all of the hems. Mm. So I think, I think you're right. I think we've closed that circle. Mm. More after this. Are you hiring? Posting your position to job sites and waiting and waiting for the right people to see it. ZipRecruiter has revolutionised hiring. Their technology finds great candidates for you. It learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply for your job. And right now, network members can try it for free at this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com beef. That's ziprecruiter.com B-E-E-F. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And that address again, ziprecruiter.com beef. Slash beef. Slash beef. In a world where meat was banned, only one man could stand up to the state. Oh my god, somebody help me! They're taking my family meat! Did somebody order beef? Slash beef? That's right. It's me, Slash beef. Oh, it's so nice you're here! What do you want? Where are the government goons taking away your meat? You know, since we got married, we barely see each other. This again. Would it have killed you to come to my mother's birthday? I was out stopping the government taking people's meat. Carol saw you at the bar, you monster. No. Oh. 
Eric! Don't call me that. Eric! I'm Slash Beef. Slash Beef? That's right. It's me, Slash Beef. I'm Slash Beef. <laughs> ZipRecruiter.com Slash Beef. Anna, obviously you had this breakthrough. You're now cured. Yeah. What, what do you see your life being like now, the other side of, of your lamb problem? Um, well, I mean, actually, Dr. Samarch and I have kind of been working quite closely. Um, I, I've, in a way, become a kind of, not guinea pig, but like assistant guinea pig to his work. And, and, and you know, he's writing a journal about me uh, or an article in a journal. Or was it the whole journal? It's it's going to be a chapter in a uh, a section of the journal. Oh, mm. I I thought it was going to be a whole journal. It doesn't matter. No, well, it's still good. It's a long chapter. Okay. It's a it's a blog. Oh. Well, so I've kind of been like a receptionist in his surgery. Um, I've been getting him lots of cups of coffee and tea. You know, just we've become friends and and um, well, not more, but we no. We've become friends and I guess I, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I really think this has been really nice for me just to, because, you know, when the whole thing kicked off, my my boyfriend at the time of five years, you know, he he couldn't handle it and, and we had to break up because he just didn't. But you're doing so well now. Yeah. You're doing so well. And you are married. <laughs> mm-hmm. Proudly. <sighs> she's, uh, she's away. And she doesn't have any problems, <laughs> so it's great because she's really healthy. She'd never done any lamb, probably. We uh, we actually met on uh, Nipples SOS. That was actually how we how we met. Was she the one who had six nipples at the yeah, beginning? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I yeah, can't compete with that. And then you whittled it down to four. Finally, <laughs> that was uh, that was quite the Christmas special. So, Megan. You've you've sat and, and heard all this. Yeah. Um, do you think that today will change the way you live your life? Um. Yeah, I think it will. I think it will. To be honest, I I really came here thinking that I've I've got this on lockdown. You know, like that my life is sorted. That I can handle all different kinds of lamb. That I can handle mint. But, you know, listening to you, Anna, listening to you, Dr. Sam, and to Barry Gore as well. That seemed like a breakthrough moment in the room. It was actually because, you know, um, Anna said she lived in a tent, he lived in a tent, and I absolutely don't want to live in a tent. For me, that is rock bottom. I mean, going in a tent at all, to be honest with you. Coachella, I stayed in a yurt. So, yeah. So for me, I, I, I really feel like I want to make a change. That's... I mean, I'm very pleased to hear that. Yeah, I, I will try. I will try to. I'm, I'm willing to try. Um, I'm just going to put this out there. Megan, would you be interested in trying some of this therapy? Um, yeah. Your hair comes back. Great. Well, thank you, uh, all three of you, for coming in. It's. I feel like we've really wow. uh, affected some change here in the yeah. room. It feels like mm-hmm. there's really positive energy in here, and I really like that. And there's especially, there's a very odd energy now between Dr. Archer and, and Anna, which... It's yeah, fine. It's I've fine. spotted oh. that as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's, it's fine. No, it's, it's nice. Fine. It's warm. It's, no, it feels good. It feels positive. Yeah, okay. it's fine. Mm. Um, yeah. It could be, yes. It's fine. Clearer. Mm. Yeah. Because I'm waiting. Spicy. like a Salty. Like, like a lamb curry. <laughs> Too soon. So. Oh, God, I love lamb. A big thanks to Megan, Sarah and Dr. Sam Archer for talking to me. 
A few days after that interview, Megan had a session of therapy at Dr. Sam's surgery. He wouldn't let me go and record the session, but tapes of the treatment were later salvaged from the building by investigators and passed on to us here at the Beef and Dairy Network. On the tape, we can hear Megan in an isolated chamber talking to Dr. Archer through a tannoy system. Yeah, I see it. Lovely stuff. Now, please put the piece of lamb into your mouth. Okay. He asks her to put a piece of lamb in her mouth and then connect electrodes to the meat. Dr. Archer then asks Megan to repeat various phrases back to him. Uh, when you say the phrase, I'll administer a small electric current to the lamp in your mouth. Uh, it won't hurt, it might just feel uncomfortable. Okay. And what happens next is nothing short of shocking. Lamb. Despite everything that um, that has happened to me, it's it's a compulsion. Yeah, lamb has been my downfall, but um, it's also been my salvation because it's given me something to live for. Yes, of course, my wife has left me, but in a in a very reassuring way, I, I find that I'm now married to lamb. 
And that's, that, that gives me consolation in what could be otherwise a very depressing and lonely existence. I get from Lamb the reassurance that I never had in my marriage. Some people might say that by, first of all, living in a car park, uh, having your caravanette burned down, and then living in a tent um, on the, the edges of the car park, uh, means that you've lost a lot of um, personal dignity. I don't think I have. I'm proud of the way I live my life. There is one more part of my life that maybe I should tell you about. All right, Lamb plays a big part in it, but so does my son Michael. Uh, he's 27 years old now, and um, and he still comes and sees his old dad. <laughs> and I'm grateful for that. It was a bit rocky when he first came to see me. I was a little ashamed. I had a quite a lot of mint sauce down the front of my shirt the first time he came. He came to see me unexpectedly, and he stayed for about... 10, 12 minutes at least I said to Michael, I said you sit there, you look at me you think, Dad, how have you come to this, living in a plastic tent in the scrubland on the edge of a car park next to the charred remains of a caravanette, Dad, what have you lowered yourself to why don't you, you know, realise that there is more to life than this and I said to him, try some of this lamb, just try it Open your mind, open your heart, open your mouth and try it because it changed my life considerably. And I gave him a gobbit of lamb. Not, not a whole meal, but I just gave him a little piece and I tell you what, his eyes lit up. And I remember what his eyes were like the first time I took him to Legoland. It was that same kind of look in his eyes. And I said, there, see, now you know why I'm proud to live here in this plastic tent on the edge of this car park because Lamb has entered my life. And I tell you what, 
it, it kind of changed things for him. Now he lives under the bridge by the railway station in a kind of like a lean-to cardboard shelter that he's made himself, fair play, and he was always very clever with his hands. And he now lives there, and he cooks his own meals. So it's kind of like a, a father-son thing. I've passed it down the generations. I've given him my love of lamb, and he will give it to his son. Disgusting. Since we recorded those clips with Barry, his tent was ransacked by youths, the plastic sheeting thrown into a river, and all his clothes and possessions burned. He now lives, swaddled only in leaves and dormice, in a small divot between two roots at the foot of an old oak tree. And you know what? He's still eating lamb. So, that's all we've got time for this month. But if you're after more beef and dairy news, get over to our website now, where you'll find all the usual stuff, as well as a special report into where the beef could go online in the future, and our off-topic section, where this month we round up the top ten things to scream if a tornado is coming towards your car. So, until next time, beef out. Thanks to Rachel Paris, Shivani Tusu, Tom Neenan, Nigel Kroll, and of course all the kids who did such a good job. Also, tickets are still available for Beef and Dairy Live at the London Podcast Festival. That's taking place at 2pm on the 16th of September this year, which is 2018, at King's Place in King's Cross. To get tickets, go to the King's Place website or Google London Podcast Festival. See you there. And rolling. The news today is terrible, so why not forget about it while listening to Jonah Radio uh, with Cash Hartzell. Hey, everybody. Featuring Neil Mahoney. Also me. This is a podcast where we play music submitted by a listener. We hang out, we listen to new tunes, and uh, we take submissions at Jonah Radio, R-A-Y-D-I-O, at gmail.com. Come and check us out. We're here anyway. Yeah, we'll yeah. be here. So, and that's it. Back to your regularly scheduled uh, podcast. In a world dominated by Dude Bro Movie Podcasts. A world where Casey Affleck has an Oscar and Angela Bassett does not. Only one podcast is brave enough to call bullshit. Who shot ya? With Ricky Carmona. A lot of people don't know Porks, Puerto Rican. Alonzo Duralde. I would eat Oakjaw. <gasps> April Wolf. I want to interrupt and say yes. that the fish man was real sexy. Drea Clark. I have a real soft spot for King Kong. And women of color. I was like, damn! Right, Kugel got final cut! Kugel got final cut! I just felt like the film was so sour and so completely irrelevant to basically anything in life. Who shot ya? Listen every Friday on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.